All right. Does anyone need to listen to any of the music or brush up or need a break? Uh, no, I just got to go put on my baggy pants, style my hair really weird and bleach <laughs> it, and um, maybe put on some like eyeliner, and then I'm going to start hacking. Right. I need to like close all the shades. Um, maybe get a couple <laughs> more monitors in here. Hold on. I'm almost in. <laughs> I'm almost in. Rapidly types on keyboard. Rapid type sounds. <laughs> Welcome to episode 86 of Rhythm Encounter, the RPG Fan Music Podcast. Uh, I'm Hilary Andreff. I'm hosting today, and I've got a group here. We've all been very excited about this episode because it's music from the future. Uh, we're going to be ta- discussing some futuristic songs from RPGs, and we'll go into a little bit more about what exactly does that mean? What sorts of context do we see? Um, yeah, but futuristic music from RPGs. And joining me today are my co-hosts. Audra. Hello. And Mario. Hey, what up? And Greg. Coming at you from the past. Mm, It's true. (laughs) We're doing our own form of time travel because we're recording this before everyone listens to it. (laughs) So we're being futuristic ourselves. How is everyone (laughs) today? I'm good. Generally well. Yeah. Good. Excited for some futuristic music. Glad to hear it. I mean, this is something that comes up a surprising amount uh, in in RPGs. So, you know, from the very first Final Fantasy. Yeah, and I feel like future can mean a lot of different things, so... Mm-hmm. That was probably, yeah, the biggest part about trying to choose all this, which, I mean, we'll get into, I'm sure, but, like, yeah, and it's also realizing I haven't played near as many future games as I thought, or, like, <laughs> games that are, like, all future, so to speak, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that was kind of tricky. Are we going to limit ourselves to games that are mostly sci-fi, kind of technological, or anything set in the future, even if it is a little bit more, like, maybe even, like, post-apocalyptic or more nature-oriented. Like, like, theoretically, you know, one of us could have picked Gerudo Valley because it is Link's future, technically. Ooh. But... I hadn't thought of it like that, but true. <laughs> right? Like, it's it's weird. It's all it's all relative. Yeah, and, and it's interesting because you could also think of it in terms of the music itself, right? Like, certain musical cues, and I'm sure we'll get into this certain musical choices and cues kind of indicate to the listener like hey this is supposed to sound futuristic yeah you could have chosen that way as well because i remember well i was really excited at first for this one i thought i knew exactly what i was going to go get and then it became a lot harder for me because i was like oh finally we'll get some knights of the old republic on this and i went and was (laughs) listening to stuff and i heard some really good like dantooine's a great track but everything on there is just it's very star wars but star wars doesn't necessarily say sci-fi it says oh, just yeah, a Star Wars. It depends on science yeah. fantasy more. And it's science fiction fantasy, exactly. And then if you want to if people want to get all like, well, actually, it happened a long time ago in a galaxy <laughs> far, far away. <laughs> well then sure, there's that. But like but yeah, like it just didn't say sci-fi to me, it just said Star Wars, which it, it is or isn't, but it's just not quite it wasn't quite on brand, so to speak. Interesting. But yeah, it's it's a hard one to think of. <laughs> yeah, I some of my first thoughts were like dot hack and star ocean mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah, those would be great yeah but then i i, I kind of had a similar thing with dot hack and i was thinking about it i'm like okay this does seem pretty futuristic but is that mostly because it takes place within a computer game like i know there's kind of some futuristic technology but how how future is this is this future enough mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah exactly it's all again is it relative to the characters in the game relative to our ter- current time period is it yeah is it the sonic sand soundscape 
um, is that I just wanted to get Mega Man Legends in there just for Mike's <laughs> sake, but I didn't Aww. actually, I've never played it, so I didn't feel weird. I don't know, it wasn't right to, to pick it because I haven't really listened to it in context, but. Fun fact, uh, I actually just bought him the Mega Man Legends 2 vinyl because we nice. we found yeah, a copy of it out in the go. wild and I was like, no, what? we're not leaving without this. Yeah, that is pretty awesome. I just did a Someone was selling like a whole, uh, uh, as random, finding random good finds in the wild, was selling a whole bunch of vinyls. And one of them was like the Cowboy Bebop soundtrack, or like one of the, the many ones. And I was like, I really want that, even though we don't have a record player yet. But I don't $100 want it right now. <laughs> so I'll hold off and maybe it'll be available later. But I was like, I never even knew A, that existed, and B, finding it in the wild. <laughs> Speaking of futuristic technology, vinyl. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, went and go. I had to go find a version of Chrono Trigger on A Track, and no. well, we've talked a little bit about kind of the parameters. Um, I've got our first block of music, which we put together mostly because it kind of is reminiscent of hacking or like being in a computer system. Um, so Audra has our first track, which is "Access the Grid" from Kingdom Hearts 3D Dream Drop Distance. Which I hopefully I'll get that right one day. I think I did. I mean, does anyone really know what any of the Kingdom Hearts games are <laughs> yeah. called after like, well, one, it's, two, and three? It's a tricky one to say too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I like the just Kingdom Hearts 3D. That was clever. Ooh, that's a good yeah, that's a yeah. good abbreviation. All right. And then our second one is one of my choices. Uh, and it is the version of a beautiful song from Nier Automata that plays on the hacking tracks. So like during a specific context in the game, which we'll get into in a minute. But for now, um, let's go listen to those selections and come back and feel like elite hackers. Woo! Yay!
actually, I mainly picked this song because I'm a huge Tron fan, which... Yeah. Yeah. Woohoo! And I didn't actually get into Tron, though, until I started playing Kingdom Hearts 2 and they had it. Oh, the Tron world! And then I got curious, so I watched... So I ended up watching the movie, and then I ended up really liking Legacy. So I kind of just felt like I had to pick a Tron-inspired song for this. Ram aside, did you also watch the animated show, too? <gasps> Yes, I love Revolution. Uprising and Uprising. That's what it yes, is. Yes, I loved it and I wanted I want it, it to continue. Mm. Yes, I keep hoping maybe they'll go back in, in Kingdom Hearts, but I know they said like only movies or something, which makes me sad. But now with Disney Plus, maybe we'll get more. I don't know. Yes, hopefully one can hope. Yeah, maybe we'll get more of the actual show. Yeah. All right, so this is definitely Tron inspired. I can hear that for sure. Yeah, it sounds like, um, I know I actually haven't played 3D, but I know it does legacy storyline in it, and I could almost picture Daft Punk doing this. <laughs> I can see it, yeah, I can see the vibe. Yep, and they just have a very, to me, kind of sounds like futuristic sci-fi sound. Yeah, so. that's part of their whole sound, for sure. It's the, it's the beady deep boop Beady deep boops. It's just like it, it's so electronic heavy, and mm -hmm. which is exactly what you think of when you think hacking. Like I put in all caps uh, for myself as a note, just hacking. <laughs> what this sounds like. It's just you picture hacking in any futuristic video game or movie. Um, it's this is what comes to mind. It's uh, you just see like Matthew, what's his face? I can't remember the, his last name from Hackers, just like jamming right. out to this as he <laughs> types away. Yeah, it's just like what hacking sounds like, and like. In my notes, I put, uh, really makes you feel like you've accessed the grid, but honestly, it really just is, like, that sort of, that sort of jam. Yeah, it just kind of, it just encapsulates it. Yeah, which makes it a great like, choice to open this episode. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed, I mean, it, it completely opens with very standard, like, futuristic beeps and bloops, but then it has some cool driving note runs with those, mm -hmm. and then the runs take over about 30 seconds in, and I just really appreciate all the, the different ways they have the song build i think that's really really important it's not just like static beeps and bloops like there's definitely yeah, some momentum to it. to it 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 goes on a journey for sure like yeah like it all seems kind of same at first and then it around like yeah that 130ish mark then it has like another fun break yeah the synth melody comes in and you're like what all right i guess i I solved one problem and I'm, you know, on my way to hacking. Yeah. And you just <laughs> see the world in a grid of green and black. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then they had a really cool transition about like two minutes and 30 seconds in. It was just like one repeated note. Yeah, that's what, yeah, it just kind of goes on like a, a, like a chill one note path for a bit until it, I guess, just kind of lets you get in the focus zone. So it's, it gets like, mm -hmm. it, it amps you up for what you're doing, I guess, kind of for the first like two minutes. And then it's just like, okay, now you're in it. And then it, I guess yeah. it went back again. It's a journey, a process. It does make me very, very curious, like what exactly is going on in 3D when this music plays? Yeah, I actually, I want to, I want to play it now more just because I was like, oh, it's Legacy. <laughs> and I actually didn't mind Legacy, so... <laughs> Yeah, part of the, the minority in that one for us. I yeah, the driving synth. Like this is when we first started thinking of um, the futuristic theme, and I wanted to pick tracks. This is basically what I was trying to find. I just didn't know about Dream Drop Distance's soundtrack, and I imagine the whole thing isn't like this. This is probably just like the Tron area. Yeah, or or like part of the Tron area. Yeah, like the next uh, one I think that came up for me too when I was listening through some of this other stuff. There's like the digital um, digital domination also sounds pretty similar and very cool and futuristic-y and the same kind of hacky vibes in the grid kind of vibe. So 
must mm-hmm. be in the same realm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, great pick. And now oh, I'm exposed to cool you. new music. Yay. Yeah, Dream Drop Distance is not the first soundtrack I would think of kind of delving into with Kingdom Hearts. But that's that's a really cool song. Thank you. Yeah, it was a bop. Speaking of bops. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, a beautiful song. Um, I kind of took the hacking idea pretty literally um, for one of my picks for the, for our future episode. So when I thought, okay, games that are futuristic, Nier Automata came up pretty quickly. It seemed like kind of an obvious choice. But I remembered that within it, there is actually a hacking mini game. Um, who, who out of our panel today has played Automata? Sadly, I have not yet. Okay. Yeah, I haven't either. It's on the list. I've done the demo. It sounds awesome. <gasps> ah, okay. Well, basically, when you play as a certain character, they have the ability to... It's basically one of the main conflicts in the game is you're an android, you're fighting machines. Um, so one character has the ability to hack. So kind of like delve in, access other machines and cause them damage. Um through a little hacking minigame, which is a really fun little, I don't know exactly how to describe it. It's so, sort of like a very simplistic kind of like airplane minigame where you have a little, you're a little triangle. It's definitely, it's almost like an old computer or old Nintendo game where you have your little triangle shaped plane and you're maneuvering oh, fun. shooting the other. Oh, that sounds fun. Like a, like a side scroller, like arcade bullet hell kind of thing? Not side-scroller, but yeah, that that same kind of idea. More like uh, Asteroids? Yes. Gotcha. Yeah, actually, it's rather similar to Asteroids, except there are some impediments, like, it's more like you're navigating kind of through an area with blocks, Hmm. so that you can have some cover. It's more like a computer grid, actually. Asteroids, but kind of in a computer grid. But one really, 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 really neat thing they did was they changed the music. If you start hacking whatever... Like there are many, many sounds in the game that just immediately turn into an eight-bit version. Oh, that's so cool! Yeah, of the song, and it's just incredibly, incredibly cool, and it's seamless, and it looks like based on the credits. And I think this is mentioned in the review, which I'll link because the review for this ha- the hacking tracks album that was like a bonus with the Automata soundtrack um, explains this really, really well. But there was a lot of programming work actually kind of involved in figuring out how to get the hacking to work and seamlessly go from into that 8-bit sound from different, you know, different songs and like different mm-hmm. points and locations in the game. So Beautiful Song is a really dramatic song, um, <laughs> as you all heard. Yeah. Hits you in the face right off the top. <laughs> and it's interesting to hear this 8-bit version, and that's kind of one of the reasons I picked picked it, is because it's big, dramatic vocals in the original and it's really interesting to hear how they translated that into 8-bit because they did somehow kind of, I think, manage to maintain some of the timber um, with a vocal part and some of the power. I, I get what you mean. Yeah, I hear that. It wouldn't be out of place in, like, Castlevania. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. That, like, this specific that. version. Mm-hmm. Like an early Castlevania game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, this would, I, if you told me this was, if I didn't know this is from Nier and you're just like, oh, yeah, this is what you fight Dracula to in Castlevania 3, I'd have been like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Um, and it is originally a, a boss fight. So. Oh, okay. That tracks. Oh, neat. Yep. But yeah, I just love the buildup. And I don't know how many times I've talked about, like, sampling famous classical music, but this song samples um, O Fortuna, the 
dramatic, you know, do, 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 hear that. And that actually really works for the character who's featured during this part of the game, because her whole thing is she's a, a machine that's kind of like obsessed with the human concept of beauty, and her stage is a stage. Oh. So, she, you know, she's like very just kind of theatrical, dramatic, so... It'll, it'll, it all works. And yeah, the the fact that it's just called A Beautiful Song a beautiful is also song. like, yeah. almost like she wrote it for herself. Like yeah, this is what I plays know. in her head <laughs> as she destroys her foes. Yes. What I do is beautiful. I like it. <laughs> and I'm trying to say all this stuff like without spoiling very much. So if it's, it's vague tricky, or confusing or sounds like slightly inaccurate, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to avoid spoilers. Um, and is she, the, whoever it is, like the this boss thing or whatever, is she also... She's not part of the hacking part, though. That, I think, is uh, Mr. Number 9 or whatever there. Right. Gotcha. I, I, that's the closest I've gotten to the character is having them in Final Fantasy uh, War of the Visions. <laughs> that's about <laughs> it for me. But they're also... Both the near automatic characters, FYI, that they brought into War of the Visions are OP as F, and they're the worst to fight against, but they're great to have. <laughs> That's good to know. I mean, I would kind of expect that for those two. Oh, like, 2B has this thing where, like, as a reaction, she can just make herself immune to getting hit. She just has oh. like, 100% evade, so your, your character will use their super move, and I'll just be like, miss. And I'm like, that why? Tracks. Oh. That tracks. And then, yeah, all of 9S's stuff is very, like, hacky stuff. It's, it's really cool the way they've... Yep. They give them cool moves themed off of what they do. Yep. But, yeah, I want to play this game because, I mean, from near... Me too. ...and this, yeah. So it looks like you can hack her. Ooh. Yes. Just to clarify that. I don't know. This game had me back when... I remember Rob Steinman talking about it on um, Random Encounter way back when, uh, a time ago, and he was saying in the, even in the demo when he was messing around, like, you can, you can remove, like... I guess you're like another. Uh, is it your life support? There's some system you can you can remove from 2B, and just like the game is done. Yep, it's a chip. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. A weird, a weird little detail. The game says don't remove this. It's it's vital to your functioning. And you're like, but now I want to know why. Oh, oops. <laughs> and I'm, that's one of the endings. It's it's super funny. It's like going to the bucket and Chrono Trigger, and the old man's like, mm, you want to do that? Okay. Are you sure about that? Yes. That's, it's such a fun, cheeky little detail. I have to know what happens. It's the push the red button. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's exactly what it is. But thanks for making me want to play Near Automata more, Hillary. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, yeah. Uh, I'm really, really trying not to spoil stuff, but I get exactly why you're confused about whether you could hack that character or not. And you will see if you keep playing. That's okay. I didn't even know you could hack characters. I thought it was just like, you know, like Fallout or... or whatever and stuff like that you just get into doors and computers mm -hmm. and stuff no you can hack like normal enemies you can hack bosses it's pretty fun which random aside for everybody what's your favorite hacking mini game for me i do really like the fallout 3 one because i always liked finding like the words like the little like i don't know it was really satisfying when you got it right trying to find like the sentence strains and stuff like that it was really neat I don't know what it was, but I just found it really satisfying. I'd probably say using the Twilight bracelet in the original dot hack, if that counts. Oh, I like that one too. Yeah, I guess I don't really have one coming to mind right now. Uh, I mean, I know Mankind, or yeah, Mankind Divided had one, which I was reminded of too. But yeah, I just like the Fallout one. It's simple and easy, but neat. I would say, I, I've. Uh, Automata's, I mean, obviously, since I picked this song, Automata's up there for yeah. me just because of how comprehensive it is. Like, you can. Sounds cool do all kinds of stuff and try hacking in so many different situations. Like, it's just, I don't know, it's very ubiquitous. Yeah, it sounds very versatile, which mm -hmm. a lot of the times it usually is just open doors. and Right, Yeah. exactly. Yeah, I guess there was a, a version of that too in, um, I mean, I guess that's kind of what you do in, uh, am I thinking cyberpunk? 
it might be cyberpunk 2077 where you can kind of like hack people on the fly too which is really neat you can like upset their implants and stuff so it sounds similar ish to that but maybe this sounds more involved though if that's what you do then yeah yep, as far as the pretty much the same thing goes. then there's like front mission three where you just like randomly type in passwords and hope for the best <laughs> but I always liked that. I always felt so satisfied. It was like the weird sort of browser kind of thing they had built into that game. And you're like trying to hack into government websites with passwords. And it always felt, again, like 90s hacking. Oh, God, I love that. <laughs> At any rate. Uh, great pick. This is this was super fun to listen yeah, to. And that was like awesome. the 8-bit tracks really nicely, but still has so much. It's, it's clearly not 8-bit, but just like has so much fidelity within right? those bits and bytes that they threw in there. Yeah. Uh, I really want to track down that Hacking Tracks album. For $1 million. <laughs> <laughs> not quite. Not quite. Um, all right. So next we've got kind of a nice little block that's a little bit more like of a balance between kind of technology and more natural musical elements i think um and the first one of those is me again um with gaia's garden from crosscode which i'm excited to talk about and then next we do have a mario pick so you want to tell us what that is yeah for sure next one um silence in motion from final fantasy 8 and yeah this this song's a great, yeah, I, I'll dive into it once we get to it. But yeah, it's it's definitely a lot, it's different than what you would expect from a sci-fi song, I think. So yeah, I'm excited. Well, let's go check out this book and we'll reconvene and talk about it in a minute.
So let's talk about Gaia's Garden. I just, I don't know. The title is what kind of hooked me at first because it's sort of a very, like, a, it reminded me of more kind of magical RPGs, maybe an early quintet game, something like that, that is focused a lot more on like nature, maybe a little bit about the conflict between nature and technology. Um, but what I found was just a really beautiful little song that kind of blends some kind of techie musical elements and some more natural ones. Um, so I'm really excited about it. And Crosscode is a wonderful game that takes place mostly within a virtual game um, with the protagonist, Leah, who has lost some memory and has limited to no ability to speak in the game and is trying to figure out what happened and what's going on. Um, so it's an interesting premise too. Which is cool because they also gave it like a there's a technical reason why she can't speak. It's not just like silent protagonist Link style. Yes, it's something technical, we, right? Yeah, yeah. Like her, yeah, the mic or the voice or something isn't working properly. I remember Jono telling me about it and I can't remember. But she she still successfully emotes a lot from what I've heard. Yes. <laughs> Which, yeah, I've heard she's a great character. Yeah, the game looks great from what I've seen. Um, as I was saying in our off pre-show, whatever chit-chats that I've edited the video review for Jono's gameplay and stuff like that for back when we were keeping up on those and it was uh it looks great awesome it's on my backlog too one day so um right Gaia's Garden is one of the biggest areas in the game which is something else I've found out it's um it's a large like rainforesty area virtual obviously and it leads to a bunch of different areas like it's large and has nice. a lot of markers and a lot of different sites in it that you have to go through throughout the game. I think there are like multiple temples. So you hear this music a decent amount. And some of the main things that I really, really enjoyed about it was just kind of this undertow of kind of sweeps, a little bit more of those beeps and bloops. And 
even what I like, I like to call like the industrial Final Fantasy VI sound is sort of like, ah, uh, I wish I could point it out. I should find the timestamp, but it's sort of like a sound like steam being let out or something. I don't know. I heard that a couple of times in there too, but, mm -hmm. and it's just overlaid with like a really pretty more conventional kind of RPG-ish melody. So I should really love listening to the two together. And that's the main reason I picked this song. I think I know what you're talking about. I think there's a, there's a moment of it around like 46 seconds in. It's just like this little like, do 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 yep. kind of thing that's it um yeah i i, I once you said the final fantasy six um, like <laughs> industrial thing i was like oh that okay cool <laughs> yes. uh yeah like it's this game is very the soundtrack is very reminiscent of what the game is encapsulating with its uh kind of throwback to retro gaming and such in its way right modern conveniences i mean it's very much modeled off of secret of mana and that sort of style of gameplay and world building hence why this is such a huge map and then leads to everything else because everything's connected a la secret of mana sort ah, of style okay that so makes it's all sense seamless so to speak it's not like a world map oh, idea that's another um, reason for me to play it I, I like yeah that. exactly and this when you said like rainforest and stuff like all that tracks that that's very like green garden verdant um like i, I picture because of the future aspects in the music i picture more like i thought biodome yeah. but um <laughs> you know i would have would have been like one of those domes from like the future we never got in a chrono trigger kind of thing yeah um, it's it's very pretty very serene very unintrusive which is great considering it's a big large area that you spend a lot of time running around in so you don't want it to be wearing on you yeah there's like a softness to it that's yeah. interesting to hear it's like blue light yeah it feels very blue light honestly it feels very much like that fantasy forest setting that you can just like like sure there might be enemies around or whatever but there's like a relaxing um like welcomingness to it yeah it's it's a little bit welcoming and it's welcoming with this kind of like a hint of technology, mm -hmm. yeah, mostly in yeah, like the rhythm so. and the percussion. Yeah. So you don't forget that you're in a video game, but it's relaxing. It's also like to throw back to, again, another Square Enix classic, uh, like um, it's Zeal. Like just again, like that kind of almost that really like ethnic future kind of instrumentation. I'm trying to think of exactly what instrument I want to say it sounds like. But yeah, I know what you mean. It's something, yeah, it's like synthy electronic ethnically ambiguous just to sound like exotic and futury right it's it's really very cool uh and fits that that marriage of technology and and uh nature, nature. yeah it's it's the, it's exactly it's it's the future tech nature sound <laughs> it's biotech <laughs> yeah great that's exactly great terminology yeah this song it brings to mind um that forest in ff10 um oh god i don't oh, the name yeah Maka yeah. something Maka yeah, <laughs> yeah something, something like, like that. that but yeah i don't know why that i think that's machiavellian is... forest, <laughs> the machiavellian forest yeah. yeah but um yeah i mean that game definitely goes for the whole like the dynamic between like nature and technology and everything so i don't know it just and this song captures that very well but also has like no stakes in that because this is just a video game world that theoretically the developers were like oh we like the vibe of that final fantasy 10 game let's put that in our <laughs> game <laughs> like it, because this isn't like a real world so to speak it also it's all it's a weird meta thing where this was all programmed to be programmed to be oh yeah there's Barbara. layers to that yeah <laughs> and also not to go too far back but um makalania there we okay. go. Yeah, there it's the Macalania Woods. Yep. Oh, yeah. Also, I remember people also saying Macarena Woods. That's another one that came up <laughs> that time. So, you know, Macalania. That's what my Macarena. mind jumped to, and I was like, that's probably not right. Hey, Macalena. Oh, no. no I'm not going to be able to forget that. <laughs> uh, so, in contrast, let's go over to Final Fantasy VIII. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, let's Wait do a, it. Yeah, um, this is a gem. Yeah, this song's great. I think that it's one of the first songs that popped into mind when I thought of this theme. Um, because, okay, so the city that this song plays in, Estar, um, I think, I don't know how you say it, but... Um, that sounds right. Yeah. They um, haven't voiced Final yeah, Fantasy yet. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, it's still in yeah. that ambiguous area where you'll meet someone who's like, Esther, and you're like, what? It's Esther. I'm going to go with Esther. Um, but yeah, it's this really technologically advanced city. It's like cloaked from the rest of the world. Um, I forgot how they do that. It's just like, it's invisible until like, there's this one scene where you have to like climb up on nothing to get into it. Oh yeah, it's got like a barrier or shield thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that like yeah, you can't see it from like the outside world or whatever. But um, yeah, this song itself is just very. Um, I guess I the word that comes to mind for me is like quirky. <laughs> like there's yep. a lot of different um, sounds and noises coming in, and like I think just like that part. And um, it's around two minutes twenty four seconds in um, when it starts picking up. Like that's just oh, like the tempo that increase. Yeah, like that's like okay, this is a good song. <laughs> that's like mm-hmm. I don't know. I just had that moment of like I was playing the game. I was like in the marketplace area of that city, and the city's also just huge as well. Um, but just like that part of the song started playing, and I'm like, this goes really well with the like kind of just bustling nature of the place. And yeah, mm-hmm. it's just a really weird like the future like. It's technology advanced and everything, but like kind of weird and quirky and like, I don't know, it's just this track goes a lot harder than it needed to, which is really great. <laughs> like, it's just like a city and like they did such a great job with it. Well, it's like it sounds like Uematsu was just like randomly like, mm, I'm going to push this electronic button, see what sound that happens. <laughs> oh, that works. Cool. Let's it turn really this knob. Like it, yeah. Oh, cool. Like it's it sounds like like the 50s idea of what the future sounds like it sounds like a weird like 50s future spacewalk with all like the beep, whoop, whoop, beep, like weird it is it is your very like stuff. classic sci-fi beeps and boops yeah mm-hmm. yeah at the beginning it's not synthy i, I love yeah. it i love it a lot because umatsu builds off of that so well like it starts with that but then you get this whole like waltz melody on top of that it just fits for an expansive city futuristic yeah. city and that melody just fits really well to me with the the rest of eight's soundtrack so like i really appreciated that little through line yeah no for sure exactly and like i guess i don't well i don't know i can't get into spoilers in this can i that's okay <laughs> just on okay yeah um oh just like with laguna and like being like in charge and everything i don't know it's just that whole like off vibe of that place like it's not even like off in a bad way so to speak it's just like weird you know it's just like funny right um mm-hmm. quirky and that like cool like, feel, like when you do see laguna it's just like they're like playing ping pong or something it's just really funny <laughs> yeah i think the music really exemplifies that for the city i had completely forgotten about it until you re- now remind me where and what it was so thank you for that yeah no for sure yeah. it's a good one yeah it it <laughs> I think that's an example of like a song on a Final Fantasy soundtrack you might overlook, but you definitely shouldn't because it's exactly. it's really interesting. It, yeah, it's got a lot of range because um, like yeah, like you just think like what the heck is this weird thing? Like right off the top, you're like I think it's going to be some sort of goofy character theme, like mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, character pratfault. Oh ha ha, they're all doing a silly thing. But then you get this really nice that that piano comes in. That, yep. yeah, gives it that kind of airy, spacey, gives it something tangible to, like, build the song off of. And then, yeah, that driving uh, hustle and bustle aspect, too, when that comes in, it's, yeah, it, it goes places. The rhythm gets really fast. I think I wrote down it around, like, two minutes, 30 seconds in. And I think in my notes, I actually said something like, wait a minute, what? 
am I running out of time on Mario? Like, is this the motion part of Silence in Motion? Oh, that that might explain the title. Yeah. yeah. It's the hustle and bustle of the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely the city vibe. Yeah, I mean, it, it's got the futuristic instrumentation, but it's got, like, all the markings of a good town theme. So, awesome choice. Yeah, it doesn't get where it is welcome. And it's also... Yeah, again, when, when you first think of future, I didn't initially go to something like Final Fantasy VIII until I saw that you picked something from Mario. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess so. Because, yeah, like, even Final Fantasy Time VII compression. could be argued yeah. as, like, a futuristic game with its steampunk kind of vibes. But also it's not. It's, yeah, Final Fantasy games sit in a weird in-between sometimes as to are they future? Are they past? Are they a contemporary thing? Yeah, Some are very obvious, like weird. nine, but... Yeah. Especially with, like, how a lot of them tend to... Yeah, like, sometimes the, like, more sci-fi elements will come, like, later. It's like, yeah, so it's just, like, it's Mm -hmm. a weird... A lot of them walk a fine line. Yeah, there's always something sci-fi-ish in them, I guess, when you think about it. Even, like, the first one, when they're like, oh, by the way, giant fighting robot that you do not want to touch ever, but it's there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And airships and stuff. And airships and stuff, yeah. Yeah, and that's all, like, future-ish, but not quite... (laughs) It's Magical light. armor. Yeah. That they're basically mech suits. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really very neat. But it was definitely like the the most futuristic now that you you reminded me of it. I was like, <laughs> okay, yeah, that that's very clear. It fits for sure. Yeah. At a certain point they go in space. Well, I guess it's not the only Final Fantasy when you go in space, but it yeah. Yeah. Lunar neat. whale, come on. <laughs> Does it, okay. If you're on the moon, does that count as futuristic? That's the thing, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. magic can get you there. The Lunarians, they're just a race. They just come from there. Another series I was like considering was actually Grandia because mm. they're uncovering things from like a very technologically advanced but past civilization. So I was like, uh, I'll probably, I'm going to And I love alone. that idea. Um, <laughs> I love that that concept of, of a future so far that it's regressed. Because, mm-hmm. like, they oh. lost things and such, um, which we've seen a lot of, obviously, post-apocalyptic things. I mean, there's a great book um, uh, called The Moat in God's Eye, and I'm blanking on the two authors that did it. It's, it's, but it's a really great seminal sci-fi work that I highly recommend. But it does have this idea that, like, the human race expanded under the stars and colonized so many planets. And then they started a civil war amongst themselves and ended up bombarding some of those planets literally back to the Stone Age. And then they lost a lot of their spacefaring technology. So as they rebuilt and then got the technology again, they would start spanning out from some of the places that still had civilization that was advanced enough. And then finding like planets that were like in the medieval age again. And it was such a weird idea. Yeah. <laughs> a kind of maybe similar to Lunar in a way. Mm. Or Star Ocean. I've yet to play it, but I, yeah, it's that's cool. Actually, definitely Star Ocean. That's exactly, well, that's, except for them all being from the same civilization, but Right. That's one of the main conflicts in that series, too, is like some planets are technologically advanced, some are not. Mm-hmm. Somewhat related life forms. That's kind of cool. I want to play more. I know there's a there's an old like role-playing system that my, my Dungeons & Dragons DM had brought up, and I was like, I want to play that. Where's the idea that you're in a fantasy setting, but then you can find like this hidden dead zone. There's actually like an advanced set of ruins and stuff like that because something had basically happened to regress mm-hmm. the entire world. Breath of Death 7 is kind of like that too, the first like Z-Boy game. So it's kind of another way you can do far future. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So the whole circular conversation of, is it sci-fi? <laughs> exactly. And that actually seems like a good opportunity to go into our next block, which 
is let's see the North American block. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. I was I was debating whether to say that or like more like exploration sci-fi. Mm. But yeah, so that has a track from Greg. So what are you bringing on, Greg? My uh, who's first? I'm first. Am I first? I am first. I thought Trailer Hope was first. Yeah, I went with. Uh, I had a lot of different thoughts about what to do for future. I knew I wanted to get something though, synthy, uh, which again, uh, Access the Grid really did uh, hit that vibe for me. But it was more the quick thing. But I still wanted that like synthy ambience, um, that slower stuff. And like, it's hard when I think of sci-fi and like synthy chill stuff. I think a lot of games that aren't RPGs, like Metroid and um, Perfect Dark and stuff like that. So. Uh, it took a while to kind of figure things out. I was looking at like the old shadow run, the new shadow run. Uh, I never beat <laughs> super Nintendo shadow run is brutally hard. And I never really got through it, but I did beat shadow and returns and there's some good tracks on it, but nothing that really like grabbed me. And then I remembered, Oh, I loved um, mankind divided. Uh, and I was like, right, we did cover Deus Ex, So it counts. It's great. And that game was great. And it had really hit that ambient vibe. I remember really digging the soundtrack Seraph Industries and Human Revolution uh, really hit that kind of chill synth vibe for me. Uh, and we'll get in more into it. Thank you. And you were right to question because actually we're going to be listening to Audra's song first. So Audra. Oh, well, I picked um, A Trail of Hope from Mass Effect Andromeda. Great. Which is interesting. It's not the first thing I think of. Uh, I mean, I thought someone would pick Mass Effect, but the fact mm-hmm. that you want Andromeda, <laughs> which is like the, the, the bastard stepchild or whatever <laughs> that people don't want to acknowledge exists, but I'm sure it's still a bop. I mean, I know uh, uh, Caitlin will, will stay in it and I still want to play it anyways, but yeah, it was nice as a nice surprise exposure. I actually, I did like it. It had, um, it has its flaws for sure, but it's a fun game still. Mm. Yeah. And the soundtrack was actually quite surprisingly good. If it lives up to the rest of the series hype, then I'm excited to listen to it more. Definitely. And that's something important to remember. Like some, some games have really, really good soundtracks. Yes. All right. So let's go listen to a trail of hope and then Seraph industries.
Well, the storyline for Mass Effect Andromeda is that colonists went to the Andromeda galaxy about 600 years into the future of the... So it has even more kind of futuristic undertones to it from our galaxy. And you play as what they call the Pathfinder, whose um, job is to guide the new colonists to these supposedly golden worlds where they can rebuild society, basically. And things end up going horribly wrong because that's, you know, how things happen in those stories. <laughs> but <laughs> You're not a shepherd, you're a pathfinder. You're not yeah. <laughs> meant to keep things in order. You just, you just go there. But the pathfinders still have to do the job that they were given and hopefully restore order and get things on track again. And I think that the Trail of Hope actually really encompasses that. It's a very grand sounding, sweeping song in a lot of respects, and it has some darker undertones to it. And then there is this, for lack of a better word, a trail of hope that kind of goes through the whole thing. And I think that I just really like that about the song. I feel like it really encapsulates the Pathfinder mission. Yeah, it's it's a really expansive sounding song to me. I wrote that down like multiple times in my notes. Mm-hmm. And it's got some nice brass, which actually is uh, an instrument type we haven't heard a ton of yet. So that's neat. Yeah. It's, it's hard with brass because it makes it very pomp and circumstancy so it can like it can take away from the sci-fi-ish of it and just kind of make it like any old modern sometimes like it's tricky in the way it gets used Mm -hmm. and that was like part of my issue with like thinking of star wars because it didn't sound sci-fi it just sounded grand epic adventure yeah definitely it's it's funny because i could i could think of a few like sci-fi themed game soundtracks summer graphic adventures like um moons of madness i think is one that uses a lot of brass but it's also kind of horror-ish so that kind of works because it's a lot of low like kind of you know uh. um but then i think back to classical works like before you had a lot of the synthy type technology to make futuristic sounds and like host the planets use a lot of brass it, yeah if it's used right it it, it does mm-hmm. give you that grand space Expansive. vibe like, yeah, it yeah. doesn't have to be electronica synth stuff it just has to be done in such a, a way that it doesn't just sound like generic college music (laughs) great american bandstand kind of thing and this does the job right where it's Mm -hmm. yeah it has that that thing but the brass gives it that aspirational vibe Mm -hmm. that's what it is needed that's the hope for sure when it has that big swelling around like the 45 second mark you're just like ah we're going to brave new worlds we're going to accomplish things life yeah that sense of kind of like Mm -hmm. wonder Mm mm-hmm before, yeah, like you said, that little darker undertone, the threat of the unknown. Mm-hmm. Good pick. Oh, thank you. Yeah, to me, um, this song sounds very, like, you know are saying, with, like, grand, and it feels very cinematic to me. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It feels very much like, um, yeah, that grand scope and, like, um, I don't know, that's just what came to mind for me. But, yeah, it's, it's a cool pick. Now I'm noticing how it's a little bit more similar to, like, some of the... Knights of the Old Republic, or like some of the Star Wars soundtracks. Sorta, a little exactly. bit, little it bit. Is, but it's still its own thing. It's oh yeah, yeah just got a yeah. more of that American cinema thing to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, amusingly, though, like when I first was listening to uh, this, I was like, "Oh, Mass Effect stuff, fun!" And it wasn't what I was thinking of. Like when I think Mass Effect, the first thing that comes to mind is you looking at the galaxy map. Little, oh yeah, that kind of synthy beepy boopy. So when I listen to you, when you're pick your pick of access the grid that's what i was like this sounds more like mass effect than i think of but (laughs) it was really weird but not playing with expectations yeah soundtracks are varied yep that's true also the name john paisano that poor guy's last name i'm sure that was 
He was in Baghdad Hut for hey Paisano. <laughs> what else has Paisano done though? I don't know. I hadn't because I don't think he did the original Mass Effect stuff. No, I, I don't correctly. think he did that was, either. I blank on his name who did the original one, but either way, it sounds good. And now I want to listen to the Planet Suite because oh my yeah, God, me it's too. so good. <laughs> it is. Oh, he did um, the Maze Runner trilogy mm-hmm. and um, Daredevil, scored by Saga Newcomer. Oh, I mean, Daredevil is pretty great. Yeah. And he did some music for the Spider-Man Miles Morales video game. So like Ooh. random kind of cinematic and game stuff here and there, it seems seems like. He did a good job on the soundtrack, the Andromeda soundtrack. So It must have been one of his earliest ones. Mm. Hopefully he'll do more. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like he's building a good name for himself. So. I'm looking at his Apple Music page. <laughs> Save that for later. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Doing that kind of myself off. It's just so interesting to look into these composers and pieces. Well, yeah, because we get so many uh, Japanese names in in this. Like this whole, so much of this list, it's so easy to just draw on Square Enix classics and in and modern pieces as well. And yeah, to get the odd. North American artist in here, like from Crosscode and this, and then my choice. It's it's a refreshing change, but you can also hear how different the dynamic is too. Mm-hmm. In I guess mentally, where they go for their idea of space, like this is very much like the NASA vision of space. Is <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, I love right? that. This one's NASA. This one's hacker. Yeah, and like, <laughs> but when you think of like the sci-fi fantasy of like Final Fantasy and stuff, like it's just a little more weird and alien and like mm-hmm. yeah, like synthy quirky. Uh, generally with their approaches and how they 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 bring space and and uh sci-fi like it's a lot more fantastical than mm-hmm. what like mass effect does and such mass effect is very much an organized it's 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 halfway between like star trek and um and star wars i guess in a way like it's still very yeah, much that ordered view opera. of space yeah exactly no actually interestingly access to grid was done by the world ends with you composer which I thought was an interesting. I'll just drop Which this everyone name in. really digs that and yeah. that as a soundtrack. Yeah, definitely. I'll drop that in. I can put it in the in the notes. To will we? I would not even attempt to say that. <laughs> its acronym always makes me yeah. think of weird things. <laughs> Anyways, uh, who wants to talk about uh, human revolution? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, almost said Jensen Ackles. Very different character. Adam Jensen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's very much a vibe to Human Revolution and its soundtrack that it, it tries to hit that cyberpunk note, and it's not as gritty as I guess some cyberpunk stuff is. Like I said, I was I was kind of looking for that more like chunky, gritty, ambient vibe of like uh, what you think of when you think of like Blade Runner and such. Mm-hmm. Get that Vangelis kind of thing, and Shadowrun on the SNES kind of was hitting it for me, but there just wasn't quite enough of it. Uh, and I was, I was, that's a soundtrack that's begging for like a nice modern, modern recreation or yes. something. I don't know. There's, a, there is an artist that did a version of it and there's some pretty good takes on it, but it wasn't quite what I wanted. And then I, yeah, I remembered, um, Human Revolution and went and tracked down this track and I was like, yeah, this is it. This is what I want. Just that sci-fi cyberpunk chill ambience of, uh, of like the vision of the future, but it, this one, but Seraph Industries is a bit cleaner. It's not like that gritty walking the street just like Chicago, like you're in an, uh, a corporate building, right? So it's still got that bit of like, we are Seraph, we're the future, you know, kind of notes to it. <laughs> this is a nice part of Cyberpunk Town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which, and it's what uh, Adam works for 
he works for Seraph, if I'm not mistaken. He's privately contracted for them or something. It's been a while since I played the game. But uh, yeah, like those, um, it's not, uh, as we said before, it's not quite the blue notes and such, but it's still very much there. Um, I mean, uh, Human Revolution was much more futuristic orangey blacks and stuff like that was its uh, overall color scheme. And this kind of has that, uh, which is very similar to like Blade Runner. It's like those oranges and like this, the, the warmer tones of like lots of rain, lots of warm colors. And this feels very much like that, but just again, a bit cleaner. You're like, you're not walking the streets and looking at the, the downtrodden with their faulty implants and this and that. Uh, the people who are probably going to start the revolution, you're still at the top of the food chain at this point when you're listening to this track. You can hear that. <laughs> I think that's a really well illustrated musically. You get a sense of that from the song a lot, just in its instrumentation. and I think the pacing of it, too. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of that... Oh, gosh. it's It's got a little bit of that... It's not as dramatic as it, but that, that's that trailer song that so many people used that um, I attribute it to Sunshine, the sci-fi horror film with Killian Murphy which is great if anyone has or hasn't seen it also has an excellent soundtrack but um it's like that and then like there's a bit of it's got that bit of like Cynthia understone oh i wish i could remember the name of it there's probably like a handful of people listening who are like oh i know he's talking about and everyone's like what if you can find it i will i will yeah provide it so we can all be on the same page See if I can figure it out in a second, but uh, by all means, keep talking about the song. Um, I think it fits for perfectly for a futuristic and setting. Just it gives you that sense, and yeah, I could see it being almost like the cleaner version of a gritty cyberpunk world. So, can you tell us anything about like Seraph Industries in the game? Like, give us a little bit of in-game t- context about the company. Yeah, it's been a while, like I said, since I've played it. Uh, has anyone else played Human Revolution? No, no. It's a great. Um, you know, third person y, first person, I can't remember, I think it's all third person actually. Uh, like action RPG uh, with great progression system for, you know, assigning skill points and stuff like that. Uh, and one of those ones that makes a case for, like, well, then, you know, why not Tomb Raider? Why not this and that? But I think this just because the story gives you so many more choices and such. Huh. Uh, that's, that's the big defining thing is like, it's not just strictly going through shooting people and stuff. Like, you get into conversation trains and you can talk your way through things oh that's always neat yeah like there is a, an achievement for the game that you can if you can beat it completely by incapacitating everybody except for the bosses like the bosses you have to violently fight whereas <laughs> everybody else you can do um non-lethal takedowns if you go that route so i played through my so far my only playthrough i've done was all stealth based that is what i would strive for <laughs> yeah when given that option although i'm terrible that stealth i suck at stealth but i try for it <laughs> yeah exactly and it's got good combat uh mechanics so if you do get into the shooting aspect and such it's it's not for example mass effect one it's more you know refined like two <laughs> yes. and three and such oh, nice. with its shooting and cover shooting and stuff like that so at least it plays well if you want to go that route but even like in stuff like this uh like elder scrolls and such i just like going the stealth route just it adds just that extra level of challenge and fun to it mm-hmm. and you can again build all your stats towards that because you have a few different like trees um, to access, augment his implants and stuff like that. Um, and so, yeah, so Seraph Industries is the company that Adam works for. Uh, again, I think he's like a security, he was contractor for as like their head of security or something. Again, it's oh. probably been like a decade since I played. And uh, in there, yeah, one of the big corporations that do like medical um, augmentations and stuff. So, like, they'll, they'll do cybernetic limbs and things like that too. Oh, so, people. biotech. 
literally back on their feet. Yeah, and like Jensen has uh, cybernetic arms, um, and he has like some head implants and stuff like that too. I can't remember if he has legs that have been implanted. Like something bad happened to him. I can't remember his um, turgid history, but uh, something went down for him. And so he has these cybernetic arms that I think were provided by Seraph at some point, and that may have been part of why he was contracted by them. It was like, uh, we'll give you free arms and you work for us kind of thing, because these are otherwise many thousands of dollars. <laughs> otherwise, he, I can't. He will, <laughs> we will be sending yeah. you EOBs and your insurance won't cover it. Basically, because this is Detroit. So, (laughs) hopefully, hopefully that's not going to be the case, you know, in the in the sci-fi future. But (laughs) yeah, hopefully, (laughs) I would like to go more Star Trek route. Yes, free everything with with minor exceptions. But um, yeah, again, feel free, listeners, to correct me if I'm wrong. But that's just what's coming to mind. Uh, But I just remember, yeah. So Seraph is like this clean kind of medical corporation and this very much gives you that vibe of walking through a clean corporate building with a bit of like something under underneath it all because you know Mm -hmm. it's called human revolution for a reason something is going to go down you can likely assume that it's going to happen not to spoil too much but like it it happens to the one (laughs) percent they're the ones that are going to be the problem and corporations like this one are probably somewhere in there so uh, you kind of have to figure that out as you go, but as many great cyberpunk stories. Exactly, it's yeah. disrupt the status quo. That's that's what I love about sci-fi, as I'm sure many of us do, is the questioning of our current state and the what if factor of pushing it down the line. But yeah, hopefully that provides a bit more context for you, and you can kind of hear and or connect a bit more to it now. Yeah, definitely. I want to go back and listen to the song again, actually knowing that. Yeah. Although, I mean, I still say it fits pretty well. <laughs> I feel like there is a bit of that in the undertones of the song. Mm-hmm. Just that there's something going on. Something's not right at Seraph Industries. Yeah, I got some sort of like kind of sinister undertones through the song when I heard it. Yeah. Like it's just, again, don't trust big biz kind of idea. But at the same time, there's still advertisements saying we'll help you we're the future we're this and that so mm-hmm. like you there's that glimmer of again that trail of hope to tie it back to mm-hmm. uh, audra song <laughs> the the americans aspect what what is it would you say like in the instrumentation i'm trying to pinpoint it myself like of this one that makes it sinister is it do you think it's more rhythm do you think it's like other instrumentation it's it's definitely like the instrumentation itself less the rhythm because the rhythm keeps it pretty mellow chill and it's unintrusive because mm-hmm. it's just kind of drones in the background while you're there the whole time so you, you don't want to get tired of it and it's it's hard at first because like the first like because it's a brief piece but like the first 30 seconds or so is again has that bit of like bright clean optimistic mm-hmm. and then it kind of has like there's like a bass line a bass note that kind of is in there like a bit of like a i don't want to say like the the laws of like mass effect but it's still like one of those kind of synthy instruments just like there's a little like a kind of like a little bit of dissonance yeah that kind of plays in there later in the track that just makes you go like okay we're still in in a future that's not quite in alignment yeah i was trying i mean it must be more the dissonance yeah and i think that's what it is there's just something that makes you feel like slightly uncomfortable (laughs) yeah it's like something just below the surface there's something there i think what was causing me a little bit of like the reason why i said rhythm is i think it it's the sustained dissonance it doesn't just like go away (laughs) it kind of lurks yeah Mm -hmm. exactly that's a good way to put it uh but yeah no i highly recommend the game and the soundtrack and a series i really want to play yes yeah i really want to go back and play the older ones even though i know they don't hold up as well but uh it's still it's still a neat series and very much like i want to play 
Blade Runner the game. Like, I think these are kind of a close hit to that. And I had was thinking of looking at Cyberpunk stuff too, but I also know a lot of Cyberpunk 2077 stuff is their radio tracks and such as well. There isn't mm-hmm. as much. There is some ambient stuff. Like, it has a whole soundtrack and such, but... It, I haven't played enough of it that any of it like really jumps out at me. Right. Um, and same with like Shadowrun Returns. Uh, there wasn't anything that was like, oh, that was a bop. Like there's like one track that kind of came to mind for that idea, but uh, just need something a bit more chill. And Deus Ex definitely hits that uh, really nicely. So, uh, and then also there's the fun thing, which oh, I can't remember which one, but <laughs> I think in Adam's apartment or in some, there's a couple rooms there because it was just after. I think Square Enix had acquired um, oh, was Eidos, I think, mm-hmm. that did Deus Ex. I think it was right after Square Enix had just acquired them. So there was like a poster for like Final Fantasy like 26 or something <laughs> in one of like the, the <laughs> oh, random rooms my goodness. as like a funny little nod uh, that super far in the future, Final Fantasy is still around. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can't remember if it was 26 or something. I was like, it'd be really funny if it was 16. Like, we're there, but we're not quite that far in the future yet. <laughs> Which is always the fun part of these like predictive games and such of wondering like this is where they saw the future X years ago, but you know where are we now? Like we're coming up to like Robo's future. We're mm-hmm. getting there, twenty three hundred. Yeah, uh, or sorry, twenty. Yeah, and uh, you know, nineteen ninety nine happened. The day of Lavos happened, and we're all still here. So yeah, it's kind of wild to think of how far along we are in that timeline. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have bubble cities in nineteen ninety nine. What the heck? Yeah, that's a little sad. And wow, what a perfect segue. Oh, yes. Because that is the series we're going to talk about next. Oh, yeah. Because what better context to talk about futuristic stuff in than time travel games? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, this time around, we have got first a track from Chrono Cross and then one from Chrono Trigger. Yes. And I will let everyone introduce their tracks. So, Mario, go ahead. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, we're diving in with a Dead Sea, a Tower of Geddon from Chrono Cross. And, yeah, we'll hear some, yeah, speaking of sinister songs. Um, yeah, right. And different visions of the future. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll give it a listen. Great. And then, Greg, you have our last track. Well, before the bonus track, at least. Uh, yeah, I went with a character motif from the future with Robo's theme. Because, Yay. I don't know, Yay. when you think future, you can't help but think of that plucky robot that could. Mm-hmm. That's true. Very important. All right, let's go listen to those. And we'll be back.
All right, yeah. So the Dead Sea is um, it's a it's a lot <laughs> when you get to it in the game. Um, mm -hmm. It's this image of a very like ruined future. Or, like it's basically or, like lore wise, it's like a condensed version of a ruined future. So there's like lots of like broken highways and like roaming spirits and like um you go into like a maw at some point with like zombies roaming around or i don't know what i guess like zombie-ish creatures everything's just been kind of warped or like torn yeah. apart exactly or like torn apart yeah it's a very um different vision of the future but um yeah it's and i think the music really reflects that sort of um like something's up you know like Obviously, obviously, you step into that like the Dead Sea and see all this, and you're like, okay, what's up? <laughs> but like, it's very much captures that like mysterious and like ominous like tone. Like, it feels very tense, it's despondent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the song just feels very despondent and very tense. And like, um, as like I'm sure the characters are going through, the players also just like, what the heck's going on? Like, what happened to this place? Um, so yeah, and you like slowly uncover. Um, as you go through the area and you get to like the tower at the end but um yeah it's a very um kind of it's a very like bleak look at the future um since it's like destroyed stuff and everything and like thematically um and this song just captures that really well and like yeah i think chrono cross goes into some really cool places with its themes and like kind of like looking at the consequences of trigger and stuff like that and kind of seeing what happens to futures it's like the whole multiverse thing of like futures that weren't your own and stuff like that but yeah it's a cool it's a cool song i think it really sets the tone for like getting into that sort of thematic material yeah it, it definitely does it's kind of tense but with that sort of like exploring kind of feel like, yeah what happened here how and yeah i think it definitely does musically set you up for some of those questions like getting to the bottom of what exactly happened like what the dead sea is and you know finding out it is a destroyed future so kind of what does that mean what does that mean for our future what can we do yeah there's some level of uncertainty to it that's mm -hmm. really well conveyed and that's very reminiscent of chrono trigger when you first get to the future and it's still that very much confusion of where are we what happened especially since you get thrown there kind of by accident uh and i also do love how the song starts out with some subtle notes of balthazar's theme from chrono trigger the, like, oh wow doo, yeah doo, i didn't doo. realize that yeah and then it quickly like goes into its own thing but it's still yeah. and like that's one of the most like depressing themes <laughs> from chrono trigger <laughs> yes uh, of just like and especially when you're going through like all his paperwork of like the future uh, and how it kind of was happening and how as he was working on things and oh it's just it's heartbreaking oh. Oh, that's that right. whole wow. thing what a neat little motif to have there yeah i feel it, it really fits the bleakness of this of again uh you know <laughs> still like the future never changes kind of thing um we still mess it up somewhere somehow how can we not mess it up can we not mess it up <laughs> and also just like how it contrasts with like the rest of the game's world too like yep. the islands are so peaceful and it's yeah it's a very different they're absolutely um, vibrant like it, it yeah i don't know <laughs> Like Arnie Village and the islands are like full of life, vibrant, and then the Dead Sea is just completely still. Yeah. Snap name. It's kind of like Final Fantasy X has that a little bit too. Some points where they're, I guess, it, it, is ten. Does it ever get narrowed down that ten is like post-apocalyptic or it's just another world? Isn't it? It's not like it's like a very future version of Spira and stuff. Cause, yeah, because Anarchand did exist, and then it was. That's right. Yeah, Anarchand existed in the past yeah. for Spira. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So whereas like yeah. Uh, um, yeah, his Titus's, Titus's, however you want to say it, his home was very futuristic and everything, you know, playing yeah. sports and spheres of water, but, uh, and then he gets demolished and he gets sent through 
another universe time warp or whatever. So yeah, it's so similar idea that somewhere out there is just these ruins of a city. They it, got it's that argument. Yeah, exactly. And that again, the argument of like, what is future? I mean, arguably, we could have brought in like even Secret of Mana because like, there's again, Secret of Mana the has videos. like, oh, yeah, it's such a weird, flimsy thing. And Where did that even come from? Yeah, I don't know if they ever if it was explored or not. Because I know there was more in the Japanese release than we got in the North American mm-hmm. localization. I don't, but I still doubt they went that much further into it. But like, there's just that little hint of like this what happened in the past and there was the and you know you got the mana fortress which is, which is clearly this thing of advanced technology yep. buried in the past right and yeah those videos of like the mana beasts attacking and this whole war thing you're just like i want to know what that is i want that too like, how that they seems, get this on film yeah yeah right and um and there's some great artwork uh and you know that art that that concept art that they have that's very like secret of mana um and there's uh, i think for secret of mana 2 where there's, you can see the party in like this jungle, but then there's like some like ruined like uh, actual like apartment skyscraper kind of buildings in the distance, not like ruined ruins of like like Mayan temple stuff that you find right. like in the light temple and stuff. Like it's so there's clearly this idea that like even Secret of Mana and uh, Second Densetsu Two and mm-hmm. Second Densetsu Three took place in like this weird distant future after like, a magic. modern time. <laughs> yeah, after this modern time that was destroyed by these mana beasts and again humans hubris of abusing power and stuff right Mm -hmm. so bring it back to chrono cross yeah yeah i think it's yeah i wanted to bring a song that brought in kind of a um not to bring down the mood or whatever but just brings down like a different sort of um like it's not really that obviously it's not the beep boop bop beep sci-fi future (laughs) um yeah it can be a different take on the future well absolutely like you can have that aspirational what we hope the future can be and we have that that idea of like you know the present kind of futury technology vibe of it all. And then there's yep. the, what if we F it all up kind of future. <laughs> the, the ethical concerns, right. Yeah. Or the idea of like a ruined future. Mm-hmm. It gets you thinking. Yeah, it's a different facet. And good that we have something representing it here for sure. And yeah, Chrono Trigger, Chrono Cross do the job of that with their future stuff as a, they're more the cautionary tale future. Yeah, oh, definitely. Whereas like Mass Effect's just cool story in the future. Mm-hmm. But even in, even in, some very bleak futuristic stories, you get some moments of hope. And we're going to talk about a character who kind of exemplifies that. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Yeah, Robo. Yeah, Robo is always great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, whether you do or don't use him in your party, that's up for grabs. I mean, he's a pretty good tanky character, can pack a lot of punch. Magic's kind of eh. But like, if you give him the right stuff, he can, he can cause some damage for sure. But like, yeah, the way you find him, like how how they, the beautiful storytelling they did with Robo in, I mean, Chrono Trigger is just a masterwork in general with his storytelling in so many ways with so much with so little. Yeah, you only get little kind of snippets that you see. Some yeah. Of, because like you mentioned, Greg, like you're, you're kind of dropped into a confusing situation in the future and you meet Robo really quickly. And then you have to do the whole, who do you want to leave behind kind of thing? Um, if I recall very quickly after that once, but yeah, yeah. Like the, you get this little like sequence of, of Luca, like taking care of him. Cause she's just all about the, like, she's like the steampunk element, I guess of, uh, cause, uh, cause Chrono's world, the present, <laughs> so to speak is still very medieval, but with a little bit of steampunk techiness to it, um, that Luca kind of encapsulates. So when, yeah, she finds this piece of future technology, it's like, oh my gosh, this is my playground and let me figure this thing out. And luckily it's apparently not so advanced that she can't repair a robot that's from 1,300 years into the, or <laughs> give or take into the future. 
Uh, but it's you still get this beautiful little moment between the two of them, and you start seeing it. It's he's kind of got like a Tin Man story of like finding his heart and finding the human in him, which is like some of the most exciting parts of even like Star Trek. Like when you think of like Seven of Nine or the hologram Data. doctor, Data. Uh, like it's always really interesting finding these characters that want to learn to feel, so to speak, or want to connect with humanity. And then when he like, you know, spoilers meets his family and they're like, no, you're defective because you feel things, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just like, oh, feelings yeah. are a defect. And it's like, it's like, it's really like emotional couple of things. I get uh, so offended. And- <laughs> yeah. By that point, I'm like so defensive of Robo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And whereas, and so in this bleak future, and you meet Robo, and then finally he gets fired up, and he's working the next morning after Luca has spent all night working on him, and you get this banging theme yes, <laughs> of just yes. hope and excitement and Rick Astley, and <laughs> it's absolutely just a bop. Um, and so uh, I don't think any of you had said earlier when we talked about it that had heard the the Blake Robinson synthetic orchestra version. Uh, he's got three volumes that kind of goes through most of the soundtrack. I think he did a, bu- a bonus volume too. Um, I owned the first one for the longest time, and then I finally kind of got the other ones. And yeah, you can hear, ob- obviously, it's all synthetic. He's, he doesn't have his own full orchestra, but it's still great. And I was really torn because the version that's on the recently released Chrono Trigger orchestral arrangement is just incredibly, but it's just so short. And I just, I always want more mm-hmm. of it whenever, whenever Gato's song comes on on that arrangement album and robo's theme comes on i just can't help but like dance because they're just Mm -hmm. they just hit them so well but the thing that i loved about what blake robinson did with his take on it is the marriage of of how he worked in lucas theme into it because the two characters are so intertwined like you wouldn't have robo without luca if if luca hadn't come with you to the future and you two just found this robot they would have been like huh it's kind of sad and then moved on with their lives Whereas she's like, no, I need to bring this thing back. Even though it's questioning, like, why are you helping me? It's like, because you're broken and I want to help you because that's Luca. And so the way he worked in Luca's theme and made it this bigger, broader piece, I just, I love it. It hits me in the feels every time I hear it. It's, it's great. And it's, it's pretty close to what the orchestral arrangements later did on that album too. Just having that, making his theme just so big and grand. And I love it. He's just so full of hope and he's a delight. And like, there's so oh, yeah, many times I'll go to the end of the time just to talk to him, just to get it going while I ran around the end of time, even though I love the end of time theme too. That's a really pretty one. Which again, real far in the future, I almost went with it, but I decided, no, I want Robo. <laughs> yeah. Can you get farther than the end of time? <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I know you had said it was an interesting choice, some of you, um, this version of it. I'm curious why you think that way. I mean, the main thing I was going to bring up, you actually did already bring up, which is like the way they interjected some other themes into it, which it seems like that's a popular thing to do with Robo, actually, because I've heard versions of his theme like mixed with Gatos, I think, too, and some other some mm-hmm. other things. And you already kind of hinted at it. So I'm just going to come out and say it. The similarity between it and never going to give you up. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. It's a mashup that happens a lot. <laughs> but no, I, I I like specifically how this version kind of interwove Lucas theme. It was just a really nice kind of give and take. And I think it supplemented well. And it did yeah. hit him in the feels. <laughs> yeah. Because it could get really repetitive otherwise. Unless you bring some nuance. It's exuberant, but like... Exuberant, just unchanging exuberance for three, four minutes is probably difficult to listen to. Yeah, which is probably why, too, in the arrangement album, why they mixed it with, um, crud, I'm forgetting the track, but it's not like its own track. It's It comes at the tail end of another one. Yep. Um, and so, because, yeah, just that going, you just go like, okay, cool, we got it. <laughs> 
And you can only do so much with like the dynamics. Like if he just did like, because I love how he starts it off with like a really basic one. You're like, oh, that's all we're getting. And then it comes crashing in with the full Mm -hmm. synthetic orchestra. And you're like, oh, okay. And it's like big and whatever. And then gets a little quiet for like his quiet parts. And he could have done that. He could just been like big and big, little, little, a little bit of both. Okay, done. But like, then he chose to get them all mixed up. Makes it much more interesting. Right. It wasn't just like a quick change in dynamics to make the song like one or two minutes long. Yeah, and for me, yeah, it really was throwing in Lucas theme was <laughs> what kind of, um, yeah, it really made this version stand up for me. And like, yeah, it brings in all the chrono feels and um, yeah, it was, it was great. Great listen. Yeah, it's a great song. And it's neat too tying it to Chrono Cross in that way too, which is also the future of this series game, whatever, right? And Lucas theme is also very integral. Like She's like the, the yeah. link in a weird way. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, and yeah, I think her theme is very prevalent throughout Cross's soundtrack too. So yeah, it's a it's a nice connection musically as well. Yeah, it it gets me right around like the one minute and a half mark where because it can because it does like Robo's theme and then it goes into a bit of Lucas theme and like it's a soft tenderness so that kind of like joins the two characters and then it goes like okay back to Robo, but then at a minute and thirty, he does a great job of mixing the tracks together like goes up to robots and then dun, 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 and I'm just like <laughs> they love each other so much exactly <laughs> yes and then you have to leave him to go garden for several oh, thousand yeah. years yeah. and then you find him again and then if you have the PlayStation version and beyond you get those little extra scenes as well at the end where, where I think was trying to, to connect it to Chrono Cross I don't know if anyone remembers those with the, the yes. Akira Toriyama animations. Mm-hmm. And there's like the little mini robo. And I was like, I want that. Yeah. <laughs> and then mystery baby <laughs> that Luca finds is like, okay, you're mine now. Um, and just going back to the um, official like chron- Square Enix Chrono Orchestral um, yeah. box set. The song they put Robo's theme with for that is The Day the World Revived, which is Thank another you. like very sensible choice, right? <laughs> Since, you know, Robo's theme is so jubilant. It's like, yay, the world is better. Yeah. yeah, and he's literally reviving the world for, like, a portion of the game if you do that side quest. Yep, exactly. I always felt so bad leaving him behind to just, like, garden for centuries or whatever. Yeah. And it's such a weird thing, too, because, like, again, it's the game does the hopscotch through time thing so well with that, and then you can literally go to the future, pick him up, and then bring him back to see his past self toiling away. Yeah. And he's just <laughs> always there now. Like, once you do that quest, he's just always there yeah. as a weird sort of piece of farm equipment robot doing his thing and it's always just a fun little detail to fly over and be like hi robo sorry bye i mean you have a time machine you could literally jump ahead like you know a few months at a time just to like so he doesn't get lonely but you're like nope we'll just jump several thousand years in the future or a hundred years into the future that's when we'll see him only but yeah i like that whole fiona robo storyline too Mm -hmm. yeah it was hard to find a theme a version of this song without getting rickrolled as yep. I was trying to look into other versions, too. <laughs> That's fair. Right? There's a, a great local band here, the, the Runaway 4, we talked about in the pre-show, and whenever they have this set in there, they, like, they play it really well, and then every once in a while, the lead singer will then just be like, if we're going to give you up, <laughs> go for it. And it's like, well, yeah, it's there. You got it. I also found a pretty cool synthy version. I was trying to see if anyone had done like a neat like lo-fi or synth version of it, but it just didn't have the dynamic and <laughs> just didn't quite hit as strongly as this does. And I think the emotional punch is a good thing to focus on for this. I was just thinking about that because what we're kind of talking about here, like as far as thinking about our theme of, you know, music from the future is kind of with Robo, you are thinking about that connection and like the relationships between humans and robots or humans and technology. So 
Mm -hmm. It made sense to focus the way you did, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he represents, you know, again, like a positive possibility for the future in this otherwise bleak landscape. Um, but then, yeah, you meet his siblings who are all about efficiency and such. And uh, and I can't remember. I know I just went through that scene. Like, they didn't, like, they're not of, like, the, oh, we need to kill off humans because they're inefficient. Like, they didn't want to do, like, the robot future storyline that we get sometimes in uh, sci-fi. They were just, they just thought he was flawed, right? No, but they, they weren't. Perfectly okay with hurting him. Yeah, I can't remember because I yeah because I know that they don't attack the party. I think they don't attack the party. I'll have to look. Only up, because they stand in the way. Right. Yeah, I think so. Even though Robo tries to tell you to like, no, let me deal with this, and you're like, yeah. Robo. I'm like, no, we're not gonna let this happen. Yeah, and they're like, cool, throwing him in the garbage dump, and you're like, no. And now there's only two of us. Dang it, <laughs> to fight a party of six. Yeah, it's that's another one of those random future things of like where the AI becomes too smart for us, so to speak, and decides we're the problem, which it's not wrong. <laughs> I just couldn't remember if that was their thing too, but no, I think it was just they needed to serve humans the most efficiently, and they felt that he was flawed because he felt things and stuff or something like that. It's been a bit. But Audrey, yeah, you just went through Chrono Trigger. Yeah, I think that's actually pretty accurate. Yeah, they so thought not... they knew what was best for humanity and having feelings and stuff and having robot servants that felt things was not that. Yeah, it was. Just, yeah, they kept it to themselves <laughs> still. Yeah. yeah, how did you, um, I mean, I know you, uh, just to quickly touch on Chrono Trigger as like one of those seminal pieces of time travel and a bit of future stuff. Like, how was it for you when you got to the future? I really, I thought it was really well done. <laughs> I mean, it definitely fits into the bleak, and then you have a bit of hope with Robo, and it was a good time travel story, actually, which sometimes those are very tricky to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sure there's all kinds of tears in the fabric if you really look at it much harder, <laughs> but at least the future has Robo and Johnny. I almost was like, what about Johnny's theme or the racing theme? Because those are future as well, but... <laughs> It's true. Get that sweet mode seven going. Right. Speaking of future technology. <laughs> yes. And now I like that there's like a return to that in like retro games, retro style games of like trying to like recreate mode seven for the nostalgia factor. Oh yeah. Anyways, Robo's theme. It's great. This is a good version of it. Uh, the Blake Robinson synthetic orchestra, all three, like they're very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not noble. Uh, oh gosh. Like they're very direct homages to the soundtrack like they don't he doesn't get too wild with them but like he he plays still within it and it's still much more bombastic and a little more cinematic i guess but um yeah they're, they're great if you want to listen to chrono trigger as intended but just a little bit more they're they're great albums and they're like 10 bucks each at this point chrono trigger yeah. plus yeah exactly and i think they're on spotify or you can even if you have amazon music you can just stream them for free as well but you can just yeah buy send them. me the link for those i mean sure. we, we have links so that is actually what we should be linking in the show notes since it's yeah, the version you'll you probably picked, have them in there. So. Yeah, he has his own webpage that you can get everything on anyway. So ah, Beautiful. All right. So I think we've covered many different possibilities as far as future music. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, any final thoughts about futuristic music before we do our housekeeping and bonus track? The future is what you make of it. <laughs> uh, like that. yeah. that's a that's a good note to end on <laughs> i mean what uh i think right now of all the possible futures we're leaning towards it's going to be either near automata or um uh day six human revolution <laughs> we're kind of hitting i feel like in those two directions at the moment not not mass effect or thankfully not outright chrono trigger just yet or chrono cross <laughs> but the, those are somewhere in there not i guess with near automata <sighs> well I guess to go off what Azra said, to offer a little bit more hope. Um, the future also hasn't happened yet, and it, you can always work toward a better future. 
Absolutely. I feel that's a pretty RPG message, honestly. <laughs> yep. So there you go. That's Takes it right in there. Your hands. And it's up to 18-year-olds? 15-year-olds? <laughs> oh, Greg, it's up to all of us. You can be the old man in the group. <laughs> <laughs> the, that's true. The 18-year-olds in RPGs are just... <laughs> Once you hit 25... You're you have to be the RN. Yeah. <laughs> but no, no, the 18 year old RPG characters are just to get us used to the concepts. There's to educate us. It's true. We uh, Greta Thunberg is the uh, the JRPG protagonist we all need right now. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, as far as housekeeping, um, we have some interesting future episodes in the works. Um, we're going to be covering the Lunar series in the near future, Woo. which is very Yay. exciting. And we're going to have a best of console episode with the Super Nintendo. And it looks like after that, we are going to have a square dance episode, which is music from strategy RPGs. Yes. Yeah. It's really funny because the title is, yeah, the title is very misleading. Yep. <laughs> is it like it's all going to be square dance remixes? Is it going to be country themed or? <laughs> oh, great. Uh, okay. I got it. All fire alarms. <laughs> How's it going to be? It's going to be hard on that SNES one, whoever's on it to like not have everyone just pick all Chrono Trigger all the time. It is going to be tough. It's always tricky coming onto Rhythm Encounter and you're like, you want to be first with a selection before someone else is like, ah, someone else already got Mass Effect or whatever. And you're like, ah, <laughs> someone else got Xenoblade. Dang it. You know, because you, there's so many things that first come to mind with things. And if you're not first. It's almost always Square Enix music that goes first. Yeah, I mean, they're a success story for a reason. Yeah, that's true. So next I just want to remind everyone, take a look at the show notes, you know, uh, information on the music we featured today and some of the tangential things we mentioned will be linked there for you to look at. Um, and don't forget about our other great podcasts, Retro and Random. And don't forget to, you know, like and subscribe and leave feedback on your preferred podcasting platform because that really helps us. And as far as getting in touch with us, the best way to get in touch with me is discord i am ep fire there um mario what's a good way to get in touch with you yeah for sure um so i'm on the rpg fan social media so facebook twitter and instagram and for my own twitter it's exp great how about you audra audra b at rpgfan.com wonderful and greg i can be hit gdelmy on discord uh, i'm greg Delmich pretty much everywhere else in social media google me i'm there all right wonderful I think that pretty much takes care of housekeeping. So let's talk about that bonus track. Uh, Mario was talking about how he had lots of possibilities for this episode. I was really excited for it. So I decided to let him have the bonus track. So what are we going to be listening to, Mario? Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, so to end the episode, um, it's going to be a bop. It's X Not Fortress from Paper Mario to Thousand Year Door. And <laughs> yeah, it's I really it's hoping a- you were going to pick something from Mario. I was like, I wonder if he's going to find a way. <laughs> and you yeah, did. So- so you go, uh, at least it's different from Square Enix, but yeah, no, this is, <laughs> honestly, this is a really good song. I, it's a, it's a bop. It's very, um, upbeat and like, um, yeah, very electronic beep, boop, bop, beep, but like, it's nice. It's a cool, it's a different take on a sci-fi techie evil villain lair on the moon. So yeah, it's, hope you enjoy it. Perfect. Thanks. I'm excited to go listen and thanks to you listeners and we'll see you next time. Take care.
As a random aside, that text uh, apparently came from the Canada Revenue Agency, unsolicited. Uh, they want my information. Should I reply yes, guys? I'm going to say no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd probably say no, too. Oh, but I could get a really good return, even though I haven't filed my taxes this year. They just seem to have already done it for me. That doesn't sound suspect at all. <laughs> <laughs> <Anyways>. <laughs>